This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. I'm Andrew Patterson along with Michael Remus, the CTO back at the Winnipeg Sports Talk Command Center. And oh, we've got lots to get to today on the program. It's great to have you with us. Welcome to everyone joining us live on YouTube. And a big thank you to everyone making us a part of your day via your favorite podcast feed. If you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, do the boys a favor. Give us a five-star rating and throw a review in there. It certainly helps us grow the uh, grow the podcast feed. And of course, everyone with us on YouTube. Smash that thumbs up, like button, and uh, make sure you're subscribed if you aren't already. And uh, let's do this every day, live at 1 o'clock on YouTube and in your podcast feeds just after 3 o'clock for your drive home. Well, first off, I want to thank all of our great sponsors, Royal Sports, Not Autocorp, PolicyMe.com, Nick and Nicky DQ, Little Brown Jug Brewing, Breezy Bend Country Club, Boston Pizza, Aikens Lake, Assiniboia Downs, and CoolBet.com. Coming up today, the countdown is officially on to Winnipeg Blue Bomber season and CFL kickoff. We have the schedule released today. We'll go through that. We're going to talk about it with Kevin Olszewski and get Kevin O's thoughts on the end of the Jets season and looking into the offseason for the local hockey side. We'll also hit on the Euro today. And I cannot wait. It is U.S. Open week, and we will have a lot of golf content coming up before the big major on Thursday. Today, Mark Zacchino joins us from Golf Talk Canada and PGA Tour Live Radio. Pumped to have Z-Man on. He always brings the energy to the program and will be a great mind to pick before we make our picks for the U.S. Open. And uh, we'll definitely have some more on the U.S. Open tomorrow as you finalize. And speaking of U.S. Open, um, for anyone from back in the warm-up days that was in our DraftKings League. Um, we have we had a real problem doing regular contests. Something's wrong with the DraftKings software, and the invites don't go out on contests over 20 people. You need to have a big one for the U.S. Open, so there's a 50-person pool that's already made. If you're in our league, just simply go into your DraftKings app, click on the league, you'll see the contest there, and join it. I uh, want to get everyone in that is already in the league first, and then to fill it out, I'll tweet a link out and uh, you can forward it to people. So we will fill it. But anyways, reserve it. Get your spot. Top five paid. 50 people will be a lot of fun. Uh, let's get Michael Remus in here to get things going. Remo, how are things today? You sound like you're in a great mood. We've we've moved past the setbacks that we endured yesterday with Dave Naylor. We've made improvements We've troubleshooted. We've done many things. Well, actually, you have done those things. And uh, and here we are ready to crank up another show from the CTO's office. Yeah, we're back today. Uh, I've done I spent last night. I had a little brown jug after the show Had a dilly bar from my freezer. Um, and then I uh, went to work and did a lot of troubleshooting last night. So uh, we, we, look, we ran into a, a software issue. It wasn't me hitting mute and not turning on a. I thought, you know, I don't need to get into it. I don't need to get into technical mumble jumbo, but I've made improvements that we're even going to be in better shape moving forward. So, uh, and I'm here with uh, two different monitors now as well. Actually, three, counting my laptops. So we're we're good. I want to give a shout out to everybody. And it wasn't many, but there were a few people that were legitimately mad online yesterday about the, uh, about the incident. And 
I mean, I will say it might be a good idea to take a chill pill. But on top of it, it, it is somewhat heartwarming that even missed audio for 10 minutes of the program yes. would would make people so mad that they weren't able to get it. So we apologize. We've moved past that. We're, we're focusing on the present and the future right now. And um, well, we've got a lot to talk about, so we won't belabor that anymore. Um, Remo, we've got a CFL schedule. Yesterday, the big news was the mm-hmm. Board of Governors approved a 14-game season beginning on the 5th of August. And um, the legendary voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Bob Irving of CGOB, obviously had a little inside info because he tweeted out a little later on the afternoon that we're going to get that schedule. And... The opening game of the season is going to be a 2019 Grey Cup rematch between the Bombers and Ticats, and that is exactly how it is going to go down Thursday night, IG Field, Winnipeg, Manitoba. The Ticats and the Bombers go at it again for the first game of three-down football played since late November in 2019. What a hell of a way to get the league back on track and back on the field with the uh, the two teams we last saw playing for the championship. And we know how all know how that one ended. Yeah, I joked yesterday that, hey, we should have a countdown on the screen till the start of the Blue Bombers season permanently. And CFL like news on Twitter quoted me. I guess they're tuning in. And I was like, you know what? Now that I've been outed, uh, let's have some fun. Uh, here we go. <laughs> there it is. Yes. <laughs> Winnipeg Blue Bombers season opener, August 5th, 2021. 51 days, 6 hours, 22 minutes, and 38 seconds, 37, 36. So uh, a little less than two months. I can't wait. And if we're going to go uh, through the, the schedule here, we can certainly do that. Yeah, we will. DC, Wade Miller, and the gang will love the fact that we are proactively counting down to kick off for the Bombers and Ticats. And, man, this is going to just be phenomenal. Um, very interesting week one. We mentioned the uh, feature game will be the top two teams from 2019, the defending Eastern champion Ticats and defending Western and Grey Cup champion Winnipeg Blue Bombers on the Thursday. Friday night football kicks off in Saskatchewan as the Riders host the BC Lions. Toronto and Calgary and Ottawa and Edmonton in a Saturday night doubleheader on the 7th. Moving on to week number two, Bombers host the Toronto Argonauts. So back-to-back home games to kick off against Eastern teams. And Remus, that is certainly what we expected at the beginning of the season to see the Western teams at home. Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, Calgary, and Edmonton all playing back-to-back home games to begin the season. And listen, for fans around here, as long as we're able to get into the park, even if it's 50%, uh, it'll give an opportunity for all Bombers. We'll find out. We'll connect with the Bombers as to how ticketing is working um i would imagine that the demand for tickets is going to be incredibly high especially at 50 percent um you know with a real limit on how many people will be able to get in there so i'm not sure how they'll handle their season ticket holders as well as other people that want to get tickets we will be all over that here on winnipeg sports talk daily uh but just as far as you know game dates and weather um a thursday night to kick off the season followed by a friday night game against the argos Pretty nice first couple games for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Reem. Yeah, back-to-back against the Argos. Grey Cup rematch. We'll wait and see. I'm kind of... Who are the Argos throwing in at quarterback? I got to get up to date here. Is uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson? I know they uh, didn't like him, but I thought he put up great numbers. was very good uh, for fantasy. We do have the rematch, I'm assuming. Um, 
who is Dane Evans. Who no, played... Argos have uh, Arbuckle. They got Arbuckle. Oh, okay, Argos got Arbuckle. Okay, you got to refresh me because remember he away. was going. He was going to Ottawa. Yeah, got traded to Ottawa, and then at some point over the last two years, yeah. ended up signing with the Argos. <laughs> and I know. So, Matt Nichols right, was on the Argos, but he never actually played for them. I think he put out an apology to anyone who bought a Nichols Argos jersey because he's with La Police on the Red Blacks. It was and sort interest- of a switcheroo between Interestingly those two enough, the Bombers aren't even playing the Red Blacks this year. Okay, that We'll go through the entire schedule, but you're right. That is one of the weirdest things uh, about it. And listen, I am not complaining. I will, have, I will hear none of it. We've got a four, I don't care who the Bombers are playing. Uh, if there's 14 games, we'll be watching them. We'll be listening to them on OB. We'll be following the team here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily, regardless of who the opponent is. Uh, but it is very strange that in a 14-game season, you've got back-to-back games against the Argos, back-to-back games later on the season against the Montreal Alouettes. So we, the Bombers are playing some Eastern teams twice, and yet no games against the Ottawa Red Blocks, which is sort of weird. And I will tell you, from a competitive standpoint, um, and this is with all due respect to our good friend Paul Apolise, um, if you just look at the Grey Cup odds right now, Ottawa clearly the lowest-ranked team going into the season at 19-1 to to win the Grey Cup. So um, that's somewhat unfortunate. If you're going to miss a team on the schedule, the fact that it's the lowest team, but maybe that's has something to do with the Bombers coming in as the top dogs in the league, and that's the way they worked out the schedule. I'm not sure. All I know is that there is no Ottawa game, and eh, you know we'll have to wait till next year to welcome Lapo and presumably Matt Nichols back to Winnipeg. Yeah, hey, shout out to the Bombers. I guess they're watching us on Twitter. They just t- took a screenshot of us with the countdown to the Bombers <laughs> season opener. <laughs> uh, I told you, I told you they'd like it there at Bomber HQ. Yeah. They know they they know. Uh, the boys on WST are fired no. up, as is all of our listeners and viewers. Um, it's been a long time coming. Um, you know, this, like, I was, I don't want to say I was nervous going into yesterday, but I mean, listen, I, you know, with all what we have heard from people very connected to the league, we knew the challenges that, you know, the league and the teams have had, even getting to this point and getting back on the field. And listen, credit to Randy Ambrosi. Credit to the CFLPA. They did everything they needed to do. And at a certain point, it was put up or shut up for the CFL owners. And um, great news for the league that it was a unanimous vote. So, um, yeah, so we're all systems go. And we've got schedule to talk about. And uh, we'll get through it. So, as we mentioned, Hamilton week one. And then back-to-back against the Argos in week two. Bombers don't see any Western Division play until week four hosting the Calgary Stampeders. So that's three August home games, too. That's phenomenal for Winnipeg fans. That's a Sunday game, August 29th. Yeah, Sunday, 6 p.m. That's the first time. I don't remember a 6 p.m. game. And it's an interesting week for the CFL. They're going four straight days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, finishing up with the main event of Calgary and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Now, um, week five, is Labor Day. And that's the crazy thing about this schedule. And I will tell you, the first thing that I looked at, okay, Bombers hosting Hamilton, great, and then went straight down to Labor Day. And the CFL traditions will continue. The Bombers are at Saskatchewan, a 5 o'clock game on Sunday, September 5th. Of course, Monday is Labor Day. you got the Argos and Hamilton and Edmonton and Calgary. So all of those traditional CFL rivalries will be intact for Labor Day. And then, of course, that 
long drive home from Regina on Monday with Bomber fans, whether you're going on a tour bus or whether you're driving yourself, you'll make it back in time to go to work on on Tuesday. And then you need to fire it back up in time for the Banjo Bowl, 3 o'clock Saturday, September 11th in the afternoon. Um, so listen, we've got the Saskatchewan games as they should be Labor Day and the Banjo Bowl. And we get into the rest of the schedule. Week 7, Winnipeg at Edmonton. Bombers on a bye week eight, week nine, Bombers at BC, week 10, Bombers back at home, Friday, October 8th, hosting the Elks of Edmonton, the newly named Elks, and then right back at Edmonton in a back-to-back playing Friday, October 15th and week 11 at Edmonton. We get to week 12, Bombers host BC, see them for the first time this season, Bombers got a bye in week 13. And then back-to-back games against the Montreal Alouettes, home Saturday, November 6th, on the road uh, Saturday, November 13th. And then the final game of the regular season is the Bombers at Calgary. And then we get going with the Eastern Semi and Western Semis. Although, as Naylor told us yesterday, although unfortunately no one heard it, Reem, um, they still have not figured out or decided. Because, I mean, one of the things that had been floated was to have eight playoff teams. And that would be, to me, a little crazy. I mean, you're going to play a 14-game season to eliminate one of nine teams. I'm not entirely sure that I'm down with that. But um, regardless, it won't be my opinion that makes it or breaks it. Uh, but we will hear that. As of right now, um, it's basically just saying that November 28th, Sunday, will be the East and West semis and the Eastern final and West final the following weekend. So, um you know, as I said, I guess there's the potential that they might add a couple more games to to that and not have the buys, but that's something we'll hear about a little bit later on. So, um, you know, really a little weird. There's no game against Ottawa. Otherwise, the Bombers are touching everyone, although it's not like they'll play all the Western teams twice. I believe there's only one game against BC. They have two against Toronto, two against Montreal. Most importantly, two against Saskatchewan on those dates that we uh, traditionally associate with the greatest rivalry in the Canadian Football League, that of the green and white and the blue and gold. Yeah, this is awesome. Just going through here, you get Friday night football, Saturday afternoon, the Sunday night um, for CFL. Um, that seems to be a bit new. Uh, Saturday afternoon, Banjo Bowl, which uh, we've talked about for a long time. Like, remember when they used to do it on the opening NFL weekend? It made no sense. I, I will yeah. say, not to bury Horowitz myself too much, I have not made a lot of signet or contributed to a lot of significant social change in my life. However, I will take a little bit of credit for banging that drum on moving the banjo bowl from Sunday to Saturday for a few years. Mm. Um, and then it happened and it's been an absolute, it was a no brainer to begin with. First off for the not going head to head with NFL week one. And listen, in the past, I know, CFL, a lot of CFL hardos were like, you know, it's CFL or NFL. That's not the way it works for most sports fans. I would say the majority of Bomber fans love football and are probably playing in a fantasy league. Probably playing in a fantasy league. Um, They're probably have a favorite team in the National Football League, and they're probably fired up for the beginning of an NFL season too. And forcing fans to choose between the two was, I I think, a poor idea, and the Bombers recognized that. But the other side of it was is that the Banjo Bowl had almost none of the oomph of the Labor Day Classic because 
we didn't get that many Ryder fans coming over and making a weekend of it the way Bomber fans do in going to Regina. And a big part of that was this game was on a Sunday afternoon on a regular weekend. And by the time you finish partying and whatnot, I mean, you literally have to take a day off work if you're a Ryder fan. This way, you come on Friday, you whoop it up on Saturday, and then you make a long, miserable ride home back to Regina after getting your butts kicked by the Bombers. That's the way it works. Um, and I joke about that. Needless to say, there's been a trail of tears coming back from Regina to Winnipeg over the years as well. Um, but listen, you want this game to be an event. And I think the, the, the organization, since they made the switch to moving it to Saturday, has done nothing but build up the Banjo Bowl so that it really is a rival weekend with the Labor Day Classic, obviously involving fans of both great teams. And I think we've seen far more Saskatchewan people come to Winnipeg and make it a big event the way Bomber fans do in Regina since they've made it. So to me, Remo, it was a no-brainer. I think it's worked out really well. And I can tell you, Bomber fans are already thinking, I got to get tickets for the Banjo Bowl. And fingers crossed, that's after Labor Day long weekend. We know the four, three, two, one great summer plan that was launched last week. If we get to whatever the totals are with vaccinations, there's the potential that that could be a fully open stadium at that time. I won't count on it, but that certainly is the hope. And wouldn't that be incredible considering where we've been to two weeks, two months from now, being in the middle of the CFL season, getting back at IG Field and having a packed house for the Bombers and Riders. I might suggest that might be a great day to celebrate the Grey Cup if the building can be full. Yeah, we will wait and see. So, uh, And I see a lot of people in chat saying, you know, it's too bad they don't play Ottawa. I'm sure they had a great reason, whatever they had for not having the Bombers against Ottawa. Obviously disappointing when you look at Ottawa's, you know, projections this year to be, what, last? So... Maybe not ideal, but I'm sure they had reasons, you know, based on travel and what you can do. So, uh, oh, well, we will uh, we will be OK uh, moving forward. So uh, you got it. Hey, yeah. listen, we've got Kevin O coming up in just a couple of minutes. And I do want to touch on the um, a couple of things. But first off, uh, let me give a shout out to uh, our newest sponsor, PolicyMe.com. You might be wondering, what is PolicyMe? Uh, I've told you before on this. Hey, listen. Buy life insurance is the least sexy and probably least exciting purchase you may ever make. It's sort of morbid. Um, but if you're someone that has dependents, if you've got investments, if you've got a home, these are things that you need to protect for the sake of your family and your loved ones. And, you know, listen, it's also probably a pain in the ass. I mean, sitting down with someone you don't know, asking a whole bunch of questions that sometimes are a little bit awkward, and not even knowing if you want to do business with them in the first place. Not a great way to do it. And that's why I think overall people procrastinate on it, even knowing how important it is to their future. That's where Policy Me comes in. Policy Me offers affordable rates, roughly 10 to 20% lower than other insurers in Canada, and do it in the easiest way possible, not to mention very fast. You get to policyme.com, you fill out a few questions, in about 15 minutes, less than an interview on Winnipeg Sports Talk, you'll be able to find out if you're approved for coverage instantly instead of waiting weeks like most other companies, and most people don't require a medical exam. And the bottom line is, this is simple, easy, fast, and it's done completely online. You're not talking to anyone. You're putting in your information. You're getting an evaluation from them and then getting a great rate and moving on with the peace of mind that you and your loved ones are covered. Go to policyme.com, get out, get a quote, 
And when they ask you how you heard about policyme.com, make sure you click podcasts. Great to have policyme.com on board with us. Now, uh, Euro, I want to give a big shout out to, I guess there's a few Portugal fans with us in the chat today. I did see uh, some excited folks a little earlier about Ronaldo and the boys getting it done. Um, I was excited that it went under two and a half. So uh, uh, everyone's everyone's a winner today. Um, But man, if you look on the screen right now, check out the Royal Sports Pemina Instagram for more of this. By the way, Royal has done a great job of promoting some of their new uh, um, items coming in. And it's all about Euro right now at Royal. Well, it's all about everything outdoors and sports right now, as it always is. But you've got the amazing France jerseys, Germany, Spain, Portugal, and so many more all available right now if you want to fly the flag and wear it as you support your club for the Euro, not to mention the biggest stars in the world from all their club teams around, the best selection of merchandise from every league around the planet. They've got it at Royal Sports, not to mention an incredible bike selection and expanded fitness section right now, camping gear, um, personalized Winnipeg Jets Yeti mugs. They have it all, and I will say... Now that we're getting to a gathering spot, I think that Winnipeg Sports Talk disc golf event might happen at some point. So if you want to uh, maybe throw a few Frisbees beforehand and figure out what you're doing, you can pop down and get a beginner kit as well. Get hooked up for Euro and get hooked up for summer right now at Royal Sports, 650 Rally EK and 750 Pembina Highway. And uh, speaking of summer, what what's more synonymous with summer than ice cream? DQ runs it. 12 months a year in this town, the Nick and Nikki group of DQs at Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. Crank it with this amazing ultimate grill burgers, amazing chicken options. But right now, it's all about the ice cream, blizzards, sundays, dilly bars, buster bars. You name it, they got it. Not to mention the best ice cream cakes around. And you can even order those. Follow them on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. Fire them a message of what you want to get cooking. They'll have it ready for you at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs where you want to pick up. Big thanks to those sponsors for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. And look who is here. It is the valiant and triumphant return of one Kevin Olcheski to Winnipeg Sports Talk. Kev, I know that normally you'd be maybe going margarita today or pina colada <laughs> after the martini last time, but... The struggle is real when you have entered the world of of education right now and school ain't out just yet, apparently. What's going Uh, on, boss? Day to day, grade two math. uh, I'm learning about money, something I've never actually had. So it's difficult for me to uh, put the two together. Uh, That is today's lesson in the homeschool. I'm averaging a blizzard a day, so I'm probably doing all right. Uh, But uh, other than that, uh, no, the struggle is real, but it's uh, it's all been pretty fun. I think we're a little more accustomed to this and so much good news on the horizon with everything going on in the CFL and Stanley Cup playoffs, albeit. Uh, not with the Winnipeg Jets taking part uh, enough to distract me, huh? So I'm still doing what I used to always do, and that's sitting here and squawking into, uh, you know, the just into the ether until you call up and put me online. So I'm happy and thankful to be here. Well, listen, it's great to have you on, and there's a lot for us to get to. Um, and why don't we focus on the the positive first, and that is <laughs> not the hockey. <laughs> that you. is the football. Um Let's watch two teams we hate yeah. in hockey and talk about them and analyze it. Yeah, that's great. Hey, did you have um were you feeling pretty confident going into yesterday that we were going to get the news that we got that it was a unanimous vote and the CFL was all systems go? I 
I wanted to believe that way. And part of me thought like, Hus, are you just being this like naive, positive guy going in and expecting that to happen? Um, um, where were you on that? And uh, what was your reaction when you heard the news that it was in fact unanimous and we got a green light for the CFL season? Well, I wasn't going to tell Wade Miller that it wasn't going to happen because I don't want him <laughs> barreling me over. I can guarantee you that uh, he was one of the men on a mission, obviously, and, uh, you know, a big driving force uh, behind uh, the initiative and everybody coming together. But we're seeing everything kind of, uh, you know, what we're seeing down south watching hockey games and full barns and crowds. You can see where it's going uh, and everybody knows how vital the CFL is and they had to have a season somehow and they were adamant that they were going to find a way. And it appears you know, fingers crossed. Uh, we got to get you know still hurdles to cross, I suppose, for them uh, that they've they figured out a plan that that we can manage. Uh, you see restrictions starting to loosen up. You can see light at the end of the tunnel. Are we all going to be you know there for the opening game against Hamilton? I don't think so, right, Huss? Uh, it'll be a select few, if any. Uh, but by the time we get to Labor Day, keep hitting those numbers and uh, you know the projections as far as vaccinations and that kind of thing. Uh, they had to get it done. They found a way. They have a plan and it seems to have the approval of the governing bodies that are, you know, uh, guiding us all through this. So uh, hopefully, fingers crossed uh, that, you know, you can stop stop worrying about, you know, what the future looks like and uh, what's a merger going to look like. How are they going to do this? Uh, I can't imagine the amount of work that the, you know, the teams and the league and the organization has to get everybody up here. I like, I think of it in a normal season, right? When it's, uh, you're bringing up what a hundred players, 120 players uh, for the most part and and getting a good look at them and and just all the moving parts of that under these protocols going to be real, real difficult and a lot of work to be done. But I'm happy as hell that they're doing it, obviously. And one more thing uh, that gets us a little bit closer to normal. I can't wait to see the Bombers defend their Great Cup title as long as the rain has been. And it's been sweet. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm happy to get them back on the field. And play. It's definitely time to get back at it. Now, let's just talk about crowds for a minute. Because as much as people like to crap on the uh, hilariously named 4321 Great Summer Reopening Plan... The one thing that I did take out of it was that there are some key dates. There's Canada Day, and that's, listen, we're all fired up for August 5th. What we'd really like to do is be able to, frankly, enjoy our summer and see a few people a bit more. And it does seem like that might be more realistic if we get to these vaccine totals that they laid out um, for Canada Day. There is another threshold for the August long weekend, which, of course, leads right into CFL opening week. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, listen, as bad as the vaccine rollout was at the start, it's been excellent right now. We seem to be doing a very good job of cranking up those numbers. I mean, where are you on hitting that total August long and then being 50% open for uh, for game day? I mean, is that is that a pipe dream right now to you, Kev? Or, uh... A few communities I'd like to put up a big screen of your show right now and tell them just do it. <laughs> I don't care if you're magnetized, if you can swing your skull through a safe way to get you your groceries. I want to watch football. I want to be in the stadium. I want to build a beer snake. These are the things I want to do that I've been begging to do. Uh, so get your act together. Uh, no, I mean, it, it looks like the numbers are trending in the right direction. And as we start to see, you know, you can have a lottery, whatever incentive you need to get people uh, to get the jab so that we can return to some semblance of normal. Uh, I don't even care at this point, right? To me, the incentive is getting back to regular life and doing the things that we know and love. So, you know, wherever you sit on the political spectrum, all the reasons for, for not doing it at this point, 
um, if this is what it's going to take to get us, you know, doing what we do and back to normal for the love of homeschooling teachers and parents everywhere, uh, you know, just get her done is, you know, what, what we're begging uh, from our end, and maybe that's a little selfish uh, as well, but I, I'm okay to be that in this situation because you've seen what it's done, what it's done to the system or whatever. Uh, you know, it, it's not, it, you know, people keep continuing. The, the people that are opposed are fighting it on the fact that it's about COVID, it's about, you know, vaccines and, and all this stuff. It's it's really about the healthcare system and everything else that isn't getting done and people that are getting sick. You know, I have friends that, uh, you know, have a sick kid and, and waited over a year to get her to Toronto for a surgery. And she had to wait and, and got put in the backlog and, and, you know, spend her she spent her whole life in a hospital. And she probably under normal situations, you know, would have been had it done when she sure. was six months old and, and been home. Right. So it's it's not just about the vaccine. It's not just about this. It's about everything else and the domino effect. So, uh, you know, if, if you're like, well, I don't care about football, so I'm not doing it, or I don't care about hockey, or it's that. It does. It impacts yeah. everybody. Uh, so like, to me, it's just get her done and and let's get on with it, right? I say this. You see I how say much fun they're having in Vegas? At Mobile? That's yeah. where I want to be, right? People, That's what I want. So how do I get that? <laughs> Just tell me, I'll do it. Look yourself in the mirror, people. Are you or are you not on Team Manitoba? Let's let's go. Hey, all the all the funny yeah. sports analogies. Um, you know, it. it let's, let, we've got to get it done, and um, got to get back Whatever to the, the park. And, campaign is. Yeah. It's not about politics at this point. <laughs> I'd like to think that it's not, but uh, you know, it's it's the world that we live in. I get it. There's gonna be opposition to everything, but uh, you know, in, in this, as we've seen, what's unfolded. Uh, if we can handle this and the other thing is is that you still got to be smart right like you know i haven't gone to the lake right you know i'm a Kenora guy like the woods guy well, that's because the border's closed still. right well until tomorrow they uh oh yeah tomorrow uh, let's go exactly right <laughs> so uh but you still got a 14-day quarantine by the manitoba rules coming back the other way right now right you've got to oh. self-isolate if you're going so, you know, it, it, it all dominoes. Everybody's got their own rules, whatever. We're trying to follow, you know, the best that we possibly can. Uh, but, you know, to have a little sniff of that. So, and the kids are, are back at school for, you know, the afternoon in a small group. Great. Um, but in order to do so, I can't go to the lake this weekend. So, you know what? I'm not going to the lake this weekend. You know, I'll wait. For what? I've waited a year. I might as well. Yeah, yeah. It, like, we can, we can basically know, handle it. Hey, uh, let me. I'll wait let another me, couple of weeks, right? Let me ask you this and shout out to Brown, Eye girl, MJD, who's already here. We've gotten over our issues after I besmirched her Boston Bruins last week uh, as the uh, Islanders took them out. But uh, Brown, Eye girl makes an interesting, interesting text. And, I, and I've been thinking about this and waiting to talk about it, but this is a perfect time to do it. She says, I hate crowds, all caps, hate them. And even I want to go to a football game this year. I, the more I think about this, Kev, and just sort of where we are, sociologically within the community with everything that people have been through. Um, I, I actually think, and maybe this is the optimistic side of me, but I think that there could be a, a, a rebound or a bounce back for the Canadian football league that I think even the, the biggest optimist might not, not be thinking or prepared for. Like, I think there's a lot of think people about where we were, Huss, think well, about where it, we were just between the league and the players before the pandemic, right? This was unanimous. They're like, yeah, whatever we need, 
to get this done, to get back and play. We will work out the details. We will fight over the money and whatever. Well, they, listen, you know, they is got available it done. To us. Credit, credit to Ambrosi, credit to the PA. They did all that. But now that we are where we are and we're looking at these targets of reopening, and and this is one of those things that I think even people that didn't go before. I think are going to want to be a part of some of these things, you know, if they're vaccinated, if they're able to take advantage of it. And I'm really hopeful and it's maybe less important in a city like Winnipeg, although the bombers certainly hope this happens and it's Saskatchewan. And listen, I don't know the markets or the communities as well with some of the teams that have been struggling, but I have to think that, you know, if the Argos are playing at BM at BMO field and the blue Jays aren't back yet, and it's sort of the first I think there may be some people to say, screw it. I don't even care what's on. I'm going to go there, hopefully have a good time and maybe start things forward. I, I got a real sense of optimism that this rebound and return for the CFL, regardless of what people are planning beyond this year, I think is going to be, it's going to be big for football. It'll be big for the league, for the teams. And I really think that these games are going to be central moments for the return or the rebound of society as we know it. And I'm hoping that there'll be a lot of people that maybe weren't regulars at these stadiums before, give it a shot, maybe turn into fans of the teams around the league. As the cassette tape that's stuck in Jim Toth's dashboard continues to say, you know, Cinderella belts it out. You don't know what you got till it's gone, Huss. And, <laughs> you know, for people that weren't fans of the CFL, uh, I'm guessing maybe we go down that gypsy road and end up being fans of a league. <laughs> That you weren't quite prepared for. Oh, we have a uh, cameo appearance. <laughs> Nicely Hi. done. Any hot takes for the uh, any hot takes for the people right now? <laughs> uh, yeah, the teacher's uh, slacking right now at James, the. Uh, what, it, oh. How how many cents in a dollar? Good job. You get a paperclip. Back yeah. to school. <laughs> <laughs> ah, a little double duty for dad today. It's uh, it's great to have you on yeah, the program. Like um, listen, as far as the schedule goes, I mean, uh, I was saying beforehand, first thing I looked at opening game, we knew Knuckles reported it yesterday. Grey Cup rematch, Bombers, Thai Cats. What a way to start off the year with the two best teams from 2019 going back at it again. Tie Cats will certainly be excited to get another shot at the Bombers. And then, of course, week five and week six this year is the Labor Day and the following weekend. And we've got those incredible CFL rivalries. The Labor Day Classic will be will return. The Banjo Bowl will return. And, um, you know, and then you've got, you know, these other games. Very strange that there's no games against Ottawa. That's a little disappointing. Of course, we'll wait to see Lapo and maybe he'll get it a year under his belt back as a head coach with the Red Blacks before taking on the Bombers. Um, but overall, I mean, I wasn't going to complain about the schedule period. You could have put 14 straight games against the same team, and I would have been there <laughs> for it. We just did hockey for yeah. four months, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, comparatively, this is a dream schedule, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, what, what are you going to say about the schedule? Other, you know... Yeah, are there any huge red black fans? I know there's some Lapo fans uh, in the mix and the and the connection that you have, but hey, you, you can wait for all of that. And uh, you know, a home and home with Montreal, home and home with Toronto late in the season. Three out of the four of the first games are at home, from what I could see. So I think that you know maybe gives the Great Cup champs uh, you know a, a good chance to build up a title defense when guys are still healthy, getting back 
and, and you know, kind of uh, build up a bit of a cushion. You know how the CFL works. It's all going to come down to the last week of the regular season anyway. Always does, right? So uh, buckle up, hold on, and, and I think we're going to enjoy the heck out of each and every down and each and every play. And even if stuff goes sideways for a while, uh, you, you just hold on and, and, you know, things are going to change because they always do. Um, the, uh, Eric, the Viking, I believe that is the Viking. Are they allowing fans at the game for the bombers? Well, I mean, as of right now, it's just what the health orders will allow. And uh, I keep They're going to wait back till to mid July the- from what I saw. And from what I read, that's what we, first we got saying. to get to Canada day. First, we got to get to yeah. Canada day and get to this next threshold. And then let's, at that let's point, get organized, get the team here, get yeah. you know, uh, a team selected, right? There's no exhibition games. They're going to try to get, you know, shoehorn in. I, I'm sure they will find a way to have, uh, you know, some spread out fans for the first one. And hopefully you build, like we said, by, you know, each, if it's two week intervals, whatever, we'll take it. Right. Yeah. You know, no. 10,000, 20,000, whatever it takes, uh, you know, we'll, we'll play the game. Yeah. <laughs> and I have no idea. And, and who knows, it'll be interesting to hear. And again, I don't want to get into the whole Vax debate, how it's a debate. I have no idea, but um you know, whether, you know, they'll, you know, if they have a certain amount of people, they will do it with that. We'll wait for guidance and information before we speculate or talk about what you might need to get into the building going forward. Um, there is a, there's an, okay, Eric wanted that. Dan Milburn wanted to know how come Kevin O wasn't this funny when he was on the air. Well, listen, <laughs> yeah, you add a kid, you add homeschooling, you bring him in, I'm bringing the best. Of course he was. And uh, a lot of people saying, great to see Kevin and they miss you on the post game shows. Speaking of those post-game shows, I can't imagine oh. what it would have been like if you were opening up the phones after game one, two, three, and four against the Montreal Canadiens. Um, listen, I, I thought Maurice and the team were so good in that Edmonton series as far as doing what they needed to do to give them a chance to win those games. And like we saw in the first two-thirds of the season, the Jets in close games with Connor Hellebuck are going to win more than they lose, and they won four straight. Um, Kev, I, I don't know. I'm still a week past and I still, I, I've rewatched some of the games. I just don't oh. understand. Oh, listen, Suckers it was, it was absolutely painful. They were just as bad, if not worse, the second time around. Um, how do you, do you, have you made any sense of what happened to the Jets in that series against the Montreal Canadiens? Yeah, they lost Dylan DeMello and they lost Mark Scheifele and they were toast. And they are what we thought they were. Huss all along was a team that, you know, they were a bubble team, right? I thought we best. thought they were so deep. I thought I thought they had this great center ice position. I thought they'd fix that. I thought that no, listen, the DeMello thing they doesn't did, probably get Pierre enough. Dubois has yet to arrive from his trade from Columbus. <laughs> and when he does, and we have fingers crossed that he will, uh, everything will be okay, Hus. But no, no, honestly, right? Because that it, on paper, you would have said, okay, we shuffle this around. We still have Paul Stasny who's playing with one hand or whatever the heck it was. And, and we have Pierre-Luc Dubois and we'll be okay. So instead of being stacked and being, they were stacked in deep on paper, Hus. They weren't stacked and deep on the ice. And, you know, it's a house of cards on the back end. We knew that all season long. They tried to, you know, go after a big piece at the deadline. Me, I said at the time, I was glad that they didn't because I didn't think this group was getting it done one way or the other, right? So you try to get a chip in a chair and get into the tournament. They win a round, right? They uh, take out Phil Helmuth uh, with, with an ace on the river. Great. You know, fantastic. You, you played a seven deuce and you got to the second round of the playoffs. Fantastic. 
that's great. They got to that point. Uh, it, you know, it's embarrassing the way that it went down. Like it's embarrassing that it was a sweep and what it looked like and all those things. Um, and you could see the the air kind of come out of the balloon. But you know, I go back to game two, which was one nothing game, right? And I tweeted out before that, that worst playoff game I've ever seen, by the way, well, by both yeah, teams. But but again, I said that you know, with Connor Hellebuck, with what's going on here, the Jets might only need a single goal to square the series right and as as it turned out they needed two but just barely and so that's where the game hinged right that's where the series hinged because i think if the jets squeak out even the ugliest of one nothing wins you saw what happened with montreal last night right this is a team on a roll they're no mm-hmm. no better they're not a great team right by any stretch of the imagination everybody knows that you had a bunch of young kids yeah when you're on a streak and you're riding high everything's going you're with confidence bounces are going your way things are going to work out that's great but as soon as you put a stop to that streak and something doesn't go right like you don't score the first goal and you got to play from behind and you got to chase oh boy you're in big trouble and you're getting worked you know were the Jets going to work over the Habs the way Vegas did last night no they certainly were not uh you know given the way that they were constructed but the opportunity was there at the end of the day I think I think they and, and what I was kind of impressed i know people were all up in arms about chevy and 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 paul maurice's uh you know exit interviews uh, and media availabilities but to me they were really transparent about what they they knew what they had internally they knew what that team was they knew when they didn't add a big piece on the back end that you're teetering on the brink right and logan stanley you know i don't know if you want to say overachieved but excelled uh, enough to give you an opportunity that's great but as soon as you lose Demello, the house of cards falls and collapses on the back it end. really did to it me, did he was the bigger loss than mark shifley with all due respect because i think they still had enough to grind through uh with talent up front because they didn't need a whole bunch of goals to beat montreal if they would have played uh but to me that was the piece that they lost and it all collapsed from there and then they looked like that team that was just just buried in their own end and couldn't move the puck and they were done, you know, and I understand the, you know, the hue and cry that, Oh, Billy Hanela would have come. He wasn't putting on a Superman cape and coming in and saving the day. He just wasn't. And it would be unfair to expect that of him. Uh, you know, I wanted him to play all season. I, I was on that boat and on that bad wagon uh, with a lot of people. I know I'm not alone on that Island uh, without a doubt. Uh, but to me, what they said was we knew what we had. We knew what our chances were. If we had the perfect game plan and executed perfectly and got every bounce and did everything we could against McDavid and Dreisaitl, we had a chance because they were a flawed team and we were a flawed team, right? And, and so they came up with the right plan against Edmonton. Uh, when they lost to Mello against Montreal, they were dead in the water. And uh, I feel like, uh, you know, the, all the talk will be in thin on defense and, and what the plan's going to look like. Yeah. People are upset that, you know, Paul Maurice kind of said, I, I'm not playing Logan Stanley, Dylan Sandberg, and Billy Hanela all together on the back end next year. And to me, I took that as one of those young pieces is moving for an established defense. Because yeah, down the it, hall. The, the time moves. is now. No, the time is now. You need a piece, right? And, oh, I would and, think so. That like the fact that Connor Hellebuck has three was, years left. I mean, you just exactly. look at that, the Shifley contract, Ehlers, all of those guys. I mean, we are looking. If you want to talk about a window, there it is, folks. The time that those contracts are intact right now. Yeah, you'll have an extra year, and, Ehlers, and I guess two more of Kyle yeah. Connor. 
but the core of this team uh, moving forward. I just have to ask you about one thing that you said, though, because I have heard a lot of people that have sort of tried to diminish what the Jets did in the first round. And maybe it was the hangover of the end of the season. But I've heard many people make the comparison that the Jet that the two series were basically the same, just that Connor Hellebuck was better in the first series. I don't agree with that at all. I no, mean, I think the all. Jets were far better. And I mean, listen, I know we can get into some of the expected goals numbers. I, I, I listen and I'm all for those over large portions of data, like a season, you know, a month. Looking at them on individual games, the way that it is, uh, I think it's it's a it's a loser's um, uh, exercise when we're just talking about individual games. Um, you know, and just because of the way that the data is measured over a big sample, I, I think it makes sense. But I mean, against Edmonton, and I realized that the numbers were a little bit skewed towards the Oilers. I mean, I think that the Jets did such a good job. I mean, how many really tough saves did Connor Hellebuck have to make in that series? And I thought Mike Smith was really good, too. I guess the bottom line is that was a very close series, and I'm with you. I mean, this was not a 4 nothing sweep, but the Jets absolutely, I thought, deserved to win their fairest share of games and win that series. The Montreal series was not even close to that. I mean... They were four games that the Jets weren't able to do much. And in almost every aspect of the game, Montreal was much better. And I guess that was maybe the most disappointing thing from a Jets side of things, that even when they were up against it, down to nothing going on the road, we've seen this team in that situation before in St. Louis, you know, in 2019. And I know the series didn't end up well, but think about the way they battled back and you know, won yeah, those two Jacob games Trouble and got back into the series. From, you know, yeah, taking you know, control of Potentially that changing history. I mean, Gloria before she ever started singing. <laughs> well, exactly. So, um, you know, I just thought, like, that was so disappointing. And the lack of any real change or response, and maybe they sort of felt like, you know, mentally they were dead with the Shifley aftermath and all that. But to me, that was disappointing because we did see much better from the Jets at times in the playoffs, even when DeMello and Shifley weren't on the ice. Yeah, the thing about changing things mid-series, you know, there's adjustments that can be made, but at the end of the day, you are what you are, and they knew what they were, and the only way that they were going to win was doing what they did to Edmonton, right? And, and that was the game that they claimed. And, you know, so let's take Paul Maurice at his word for what he's, you know, saying to us each and every day, that mm -hmm. there was a certain way that they had to play and what they had to commit to to be able to do it and if they did that they would at the very least have a chance to make that series against Edmonton alone right so they not only did it they did that they got the combination of bounces you know uh, uh, you know not an overabundance of power plays uh, Connor Halbuck making big timely saves as he, he is going to do because that's how good he is right and, and so that worked out for them um against Montreal when they when they got to that point yeah, it was it looked horrendous, but um, you know, deciding that we're just going to open it up and play freewheel in hockey wasn't going to help them either. Then they would have just lost every game seven, right? Like, and and exposed Connor Hellebuck and made him look worse than we know that he really is. So I know it didn't look good. That's how they had to play. They had to sacrifice all offense for defense. And when you get behind and you start chasing games you're in big trouble and that's where they found themselves. Right. And they, they couldn't generate, they, they couldn't do anything once they lost to Mello and, and, you know, and Mark Shifley as well. Right. Because that, even in that first game, Huss, you go back to the first two games of that Montreal series. I know they were bad in the first one and I'll blame rust and they were off for nine days and whatever, but 
Shifley, Connor, and Wheeler were actually pretty good in that game. They were. They, had, they came around they, after the you know, first they, period, for sure. They, yeah, you know, it's. I know it started rough for everybody or whatever, and they weren't going to win that game and whatever. But to me, they showed signs of life and being capable uh, of making a, a push in that series. And uh, then in the second game, when you lose Shifley and you lose DeMello, you get into a one nothing game. As ugly as it was, you were uh, a bounce away, but it didn't happen. The Habs rule. The Jets suck. Vegas is going to crush them both. <laughs> and uh, life is a little sad, but I've become a CFL fan and a golf fan and everything's going to work out. Well, we are going to get ready for the U S open in just a second with the Z man himself. KO. This was so much fun. Now we got to do this a little more often. Now let's do this again soon. If you got time, I'm inherently available, Huss, as they <laughs> say. So uh, hey, call anytime. Miss thanks everybody. for everything. Thanks for everything. Uh, at Kevin O or sports, Kevin O, excuse me. At sports. Kevin O is Kevin Olszewski. Great friend of the program. That was a lot of fun. And as he mentioned, we got to get to some golf talk. Just head into that. Have to thank our wonderful auto sponsors, Not Auto Corp. Been with us, first company on board from day one of Winnipeg Sports Talk. We'll always be thankful to Trevor and his team for their support of us. And um, listen, have so many friends, family members that have picked up vehicles through Not Auto Corp. Service is unmatched. Incredible deals. Why not get into the car of your dreams with the help of the Not team, including Popeye, Waverly, and McGilvery, and check out all those Teslas they have on the lot. Um, they'll also detail your car. You've got some body work that needs to be done. Red Seal technicians in the shop. One stop for all of your automotive needs. Not Autocorp, but Waverly and McGilvery, or check them out online at not.ca. And um, as we mentioned, it's always a good time for Little Brown Jug. Remus got over his disappointing performance yesterday on the program with a 1919. I'm suggesting the incredible new summer lager. And uh, you can also get the Hefeweizen, both of which are available in the new summer variety pack from Little Brown Jug, which is also a part of the amazing Father's Day package. It's got the beer. It's got the Yeti mug. It's got the koozies. It's got some barbecue sauce, barbecue um, uh, attachments, if you will. And it's all there for you at Little Brown Jug. And you can order it along with beer for home delivery with their newly relaunched website that makes it easier than ever to get that delicious Little Brown Jug delivered straight to your home. You'll also want to check the website for regular visits at some of the local garden centers if you want to pick up the we- on the weekend Get it now, Little Brown Jug, online at littlebrownjug.ca. And as soon as the patios are open, we'll definitely be having a few outside on that great spot they've got on William Avenue. And it's golf time. Shout out to Breezy Bend Country Club. Very jealous. A few of the boys are out on the course today. It is in absolutely glorious shape. And it's a good day to get a couple rounds in Tuesday and Wednesday because I know golf fans are going to be all locked in on the U.S. Open, which begins Thursday at Torrey Pines. And who better to talk about that with than our man from Golf Talk Canada, PGA Tour Radio, the one and only Mark Zacchino. Z-Man, what's up? How are you? And are you ready for tee-off on Thursday? I'm so pumped for this U.S. Open, but I got to be honest with you, like, I'm kind of in the mood right now to hit a patio and have a little brown jug after watching <laughs> yeah. that. <laughs> like, can we drag the TV outside and watch the golf and have a uh, couple of those? 
Z, listen, if there's any way we could get you out to the peg for a day, we'd have a bunch of little brown jugs on ice. We'd go out for a round at Breezy, check out the 19th hole and the amazing patty we've got out there. Uh, it would be it would be a day right up your alley, my friend. Yeah. Have you been getting out much now that uh, things are loosened a little bit out in uh, your neck of the woods? Yeah, finally. Got a couple of rounds of golf in. I went for uh, dinner with my wife outside for the first time, so it's starting to feel a little normal. And uh, we've got us. We've got to figure that out. If uh, if we can't do it this summer, that might be something that we put on the board for next summer. Uh, a Golf Talk Canada visit to Winnipeg, and we can uh, have some fun with you guys out there. That that's been something I've been wanting to do for a long time. Uh, Winnipeg and, and Montreal are kind of like the two places I've been trying to get to, and it hasn't happened for obvious reasons. But uh, I think next year we're all headed towards a better year. So, well, well, for sure. And you know what, Montreal, we'll look forward to getting out there for the President's Cup. So, yeah. in the meantime, we'll have our own massive event. It might not be international <laughs> with the world's best golfers, but we'll have you there at least. Hey, you've got an albatross. To me, that puts you right up there with the greatest of all time. So uh, that's, that's where we're at. Um, Z, before we get into the, because uh, everyone is interested in your thoughts on uh, who's looking good coming into the tournament and people are ranking their brain about who they're picking in their golf pool or who they're going to make a bet on. Uh, just if you could give us a bit of a primer on the U.S. Open, what makes it the toughest test in golf, and what we know about the layout, the conditions of Torrey Pines this week awaiting the world's best. I think the U.S. Open is is likely the hardest test in golf because, you know, it's obvious to point that it's the most difficult in, in the suggestion or the sense that even par usually has a pretty good chance to win the U.S. Open, where even par typically does not have a chance to win the other majors. That, that's kind of the simplistic way, I think, of, of putting out. But but in my mind, it's more the test of how tough you are. Because when you put the ball on the ground in the U.S. Open, you've got to go right away with the understanding that this tournament isn't fair. You're going to have good shots that don't get rewarded, and you're going to have bad shots that go beyond getting penalized. They're going to get to the point where – you probably want to run and hide, and you no longer want to be out there anymore. Uh, you better get comfortable with the opportunity that there are double bogeys lurking all over the place. The rough at Torrey Pines is unlike any other rough at U.S. Open venues. All U.S. Open venues have long rough, but Torrey Pines has this clumpy, nasty rough, five or six different types of grasses in the rough. You never get an even lie. You can have the golf ball uh, sitting in one variety of grass, leaning against another variety, and you have no clue how or if it's going to come out. Mix that in with the third longest U.S. Open in history, marine layer in the mornings at Torrey Pines. This thing's going to play like an absolute beast. You know, I was Bob and I were touring, our, you know, going back and forth, toying with what was going to be an, a winning score this week. He liked even par as a winning score. I like two under par as a winning score. Uh, but regardless, it's going to be something like that. You're, you're not going to get an eight, nine, ten under par champion. There's just no chance. Z, looking at the odds for the event going in, I mean, it's some of the usual suspects, but it, it it's interesting. There's sort of a, a group of players under 20 to 1. It's not a big group. There's four of them, and they're some of the biggest, strongest hitters on tour. John Rahm, the favorite. 
DJ, Bryson DeChambeau, and Brooks Kepka. Does it speak to some of the rough and just how physically strong you need to be to get and advance your ball in some situations to avoid the big number? Yeah, very much. And I think it's natural for the, you know, the 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 the, the Patriots money, the popular money yeah. to land on the big bombers, as we say, because at first glance, to your point, you've got to hit a mile. It's big. It's nasty. You're going to have to power it out of the rough. But that being said, with the exception of John Rom, I'm personally not on these guys this week. I think Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka are show, showing horrible form, just horrible form from this past week. So I don't really have a lot of faith in what they've been able to accomplish coming into this golf tournament. Rory McIlroy's kind of been very quiet, very lost in the wilderness. DeChambeau, I guess you could put some question marks on, but he's been quiet recently. Uh, John Rahm's the only one out of those favorites out of that group that I've kind of been all over. He loves this golf course. Uh, his performance at Torrey Pines in the Farmers, Insur- Farmers Insurance Open every January is just impeccable. Um, obviously, you're a little concerned with the 10 days in quarantine from COVID, so he hasn't been able to practice as much as he'd like. But I think that put a chip on his shoulder. And John Rahm's already an emotional guy. The last thing you want is to give him another reason to want to beat you. So I really like John Rahm this week, but I think we might be surprised this week with the type of players that do well. And the reason I say that is I think it's going to be really hard to hit fairways at Torrey Pines. I think it's going to be a really difficult time hitting greens at Torrey Pines, which means it's going to come down to to scrambling. I think guys who get up and down, great wedge play, uh, scramble well around the greens might surprise people this week. So I'm kind of looking at guys more like, Outside of John Rahm, I'm looking at guys like uh, Jordan Spieth, uh, Patrick Reed, I think, is a real sleeper this week. Uh, Xander Shoffley is a great bet this week. Wouldn't call him a sleeper, but that's a guy, San Diego native, that everybody's got their eye on. But, yeah, the popular money's on the Bombers for obvious reasons. Uh, let's see if they can find it because they haven't had it recently. They're going to have to find it pretty quick. We only have a couple days left before this thing's, thing gets going. Hey, Z, just before we move on from the guys at the top, um, listen, this Brooks Bryson thing has kind of taken over a, a world of its own. And and listen, for someone that is a big golf fan, but also likes the pop culture side of things, like I'm here for all of it. It's been fun. But the dream, of course, is to have these guys paired up in the final round of something like the U.S. Open. And listen, they're both champions. Brooks has two. Bryson's the defending champ. It's not out of the realm of possibility to imagine that happen. But just your thoughts on what's going on between those two guys. I mean, I know golf wants attention. Is this sort of the attention that they could do without? I mean, how are you feeling about that? And what is this whole riff? I mean, to me, this is like Brooks is a weird dude. He almost needs to have something else more than just winning a major to be fighting people about. Um, And I think Bryson maybe in this thing bit off a bit more than he can chew when it comes to the back and forth on social media. But um, it has become a little bit of a circus. And even when Brooks is even at the golf course, just thoughts on this whole thing going into Tory. I think you're right with Bryson in the sense that, you know, he's an awkward guy at the best of times. So maybe biting a little bit more often than he wants. And I don't think he wanted this. I I think he is an unwilling participant in this, in terms of being dragged into this. Now I love the friction. I love the rivalries. I think it's great for any sport, including golf, uh, having a little tension, having a little, you know, I want to take you down. 
And not everybody's going to like everyone. That's just the way it is. And we kind of want to see these guys in a final pair, to your point. I think it would make for great TV. All that being said, the last week for me, it kind of crossed the line a bit. And it was Kepka to me that is the guy who has crossed the line here, not the Shambo. The Shambo's being prosecuted for being different. He's an awkward, weird guy that says weird things and plays the game differently. And it rubs Kepka the wrong way. And instead of keeping that in the locker room and keeping that to yourself, Kepka, in his typical arrogance, has chosen to air his dirty laundry in the public eye because he just doesn't care. He's that guy. And I think when you start handing out free beer with your sponsor, to people that got kicked off a golf course for heckling your rival, I think that is crossing a line. Uh, and I'm also confused as why the brand, Michelob Ultra, the brand, why they would want to be associated with that. Like, why would they want to be associated with, hey, you got kicked out of a PGA Tour event for heckling a guy? Here's a free case of beer. Like, that's a weird choice for a brand. Let's put it this way. Rolex, Mercedes, Benz, uh, they're not making that choice as a brand. So Grey Goose, I'm sure, would not be making that choice as a brand. Weird to me that Michelob Ultra would want to make that choice. Uh, you could do, do probably do a pretty interesting marketing conversation podcast uh, based around uh, that kind of activation we saw last week, for lack of a better term, on social media. But I'm with you. At the end of the day, I like to see this end between the ropes one-on-one and and handle it that way and and shut up the other guy one way or another that way than where we currently are. You know, it's funny, even just looking at the chat as we're live right now, there is, um, you know, a whole bunch of people. Everyone's got a take on Bryson or Brooks. They like one. They can't stand the other guy. Some people can't stand them both, which is there's probably a lot of people in golf that can't stand the both, which somewhat makes it uh, makes it funny. But it certainly is a story going into this event. D- does the does the focus on those two guys help a Dustin Johnson, uh, a John Rahm at all? That you know maybe at least starting off the tournament, everyone's wondering what these two guys are doing and what they're saying, as opposed to waiting to see what those guys are doing on Sunday afternoon on the back nine. I got to think so, especially out of the gates, right? Eventually when we get to the weekend, that stuff's going to fade out and the stories that are are going to be prominent in this championship are going to come to the surface and, and people are not going to be able to avoid uh, how they're playing, where they are in this tournament, their position, maybe mistakes they've made along the way, etc. But out of the gates, I think you're right. I, I think the big winner here is Rory McIlroy. I mean, when's the last time Rory McIlroy has been under the radar and unspoken of coming into a major championship? I mean, he is at he is top of mind for most majors. And in recent years, the conversation has been, why haven't you won a major championship since 2014? When are you going to win a major? He is not on the tip of everyone's tongue this week. And that, and that is different for Rory and maybe going to be beneficial for Rory McIlroy, for all we know. Maybe he needs that. Maybe he doesn't need the spotlight right now. Maybe that's what he needs to get this thing back on track. I don't know. But I think you're probably in tune with something there, that there are several players that will benefit from the circus that is DeShambo and Kepka if it continues. Uh, and and I, in my mind, Rory leaps to the top of that mountain. Now, you know, we've talked about some guys that a lot of people don't like. A guy that used to have a lot of people that didn't like him that now absolutely everybody loves 
is the defending Wanamaker Trophy champion, Phil Mickelson. I still can't believe that it happened. Maybe just a word on that. And could could we have lightning strike twice? I mean, Phil's certainly no stranger to Tory Pines. No, he's no stranger. He's a local. I think, you know, obviously trying to win back-to-back majors, and he's going to be 51 <laughs> this week. This is a huge ask. Nuts. It's a huge ask, but you're right. He's got the people's support. This is the people's champion, Phil Mickelson. And the one thing he does have going for him at age 51, he still has one of the best short games in the world. Inside 100 yards, he is arguably still the best player on the planet inside 100 yards. So if you buy into the narrative, and there is a narrative out there that Torrey Pines is so difficult that everyone's going to be missing greens, that everyone's going to be missing fairways, that you can't go out there and hit 15 greens in regulation and plot your way around Torrey Pines. It will beat you up and slap you around. So if that's the narrative, then it becomes a scrambling contest, which is the reason why I like Jordan Spieth and Patrick Reed so much this week, because I believe it is going to be a scrambling contest. But if you believe you like Jordan Spieth and Patrick Reed, then there is no reason you don't like Phil Mickelson. Remove the age. Forget the fact that he's 51 and look at his performance at the PGA Championship and look at where his strengths are inside 100 yards. If, if you look at that and remove the fact that he's 51 years old, and then you think this is a scrambling golf tournament. There is no reason you shouldn't like Phil Mickelson. Um, you know, the only way I think he could top his win at the PGA would be to do it here this weekend at the U.S. Open. Um, but I mean, Z, you've been involved in this game for a long time. Just quickly before we move on from Phil, I mean, the, where did his win at the PGA rank among some of the greatest, most important victories in golf history? Uh, it, it's epic to to win a, a major at that age, become the first, you know, the oldest player in major, uh, oldest player in, in history to win a major. And, you know, some people have him, you know, seventh, eighth best all time. I have him 10th, the 10th greatest of all time on my list. Uh, everyone has him inside the top 15. I will say this. If he were to do this this week, it, it, it is likely the biggest story in the history of the sport. I don't think anything would even come close if he were to able to finally get the U.S. Open to do it at 51 to be one of what six players in history to have a career grand slam. I mean, he would go to a new level. He would go to a level that only a handful of players in history have ever reached. That's how big this would be this week for Phil Nicholson. Um, Z, I got to ask you about the Canadians and, you know, I'm looking Corey Connors, no surprise. I mean, when you're looking at numbers on top Canadian, he's a clear favorite. Mm-hmm. You got Adam Hadwin at four to one. Mac Hughes at five to one, but an interesting name that a lot of people, casual PGA fans might not know is Taylor Pendrith and Taylor Pendrith was seven. I've heard a lot of people talking about him when it comes to this prop. He's now at plus five fifty. Tell us a bit more about Pendrith. I mean, he has played very well on the corn Ferry tour consistently contending and by all accounts is one of the guys that can beat the hell out of the golf ball and send it as far as most in the game. It wouldn't surprise me if he was low Canadian this week. And that's with all due respect to all four of our guys. But, you know, Taylor Penrith was low Canadian at last the last year's U.S. Open. He's qualified now for back-to-back. He is definitely the longest of the group. And I also think he's playing with a little bit of house money. He's about to, you know, make the graduation from the Corn Ferry Tour to the PGA Tour for next season. We already know that's coming. 
So to me, this is all kind of gravy right now. And he's always been super gifted and super talented, but it took a little maturing off the golf course uh, for Taylor Penner, which has finally come around. So I, I really have big expectations for him on the PGA Tour next year. So it would not surprise me if he was our low Canadian. As, as far as Corey Connors goes, I mean, it's so simple for Corey Connors. He, he is the best male Canadian on the planet right now. Corey Connors needs to figure out how to shoot a good score on that one round, because he's going to have one round in four where he isn't going to hit 14 or 15 greens. It's not going to happen in major championship golf. There is going to be a day he goes out there and hits 9, 10, 11 greens. Can he post a score on the day he does that? If he can, watch out, because this guy's an incredible ball striker. That's been the missing piece for him. We saw it at the PGA Championship when he opened up with that great. Uh, round and led the tournament and then his ball striking left them for about 27 holes and when his ball striking left them for 18 to 27 holes give or take he couldn't find a way to put a score on the board because the wedge game wasn't there that's pretty much all he's been working on right now are, are his wedges um if the wedges have improved that that's going to help him huge this week Mark Zacchino Golf Talk Canada PGA Tour Radio with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily Z um, just finally on the way out, you know, the, the biggest decisions, everyone's going to pick the guy they're like or two, but if you're filling out a golf pool or a DraftKings lineup, you need a few low dollar ballers. Some of the guys a little ways down that, you know, don't necessarily have to win the tournament, but you certainly want them to make the cut. You'd love for them to be in the mix for a top 10, a top 20. Is there a golfer or two that's sort of off the radar that you know, think, uh, you know, their game suits well to, you know, maybe overachieve as far as the expectations at Torrey Pines. Yeah, I'll give you two, and they're both Australian. I'd say watch out for Cameron Smith. He's had a quiet, very good year, and look at his major championship finishes. This guy plays really well in big events and is comfortable at Torrey Pines as well. Uh, has a win this year, and with his partner at the Zurich Classic of New Orleans, uh, Mark Leishman. Leishman hasn't done much lately, but he's won at the Farmers Insurance Open before just a couple of years ago, comfortable on the golf course. I think those two Australians could have a lot of value and surprise some people this week. And maybe Garrick Higo. Look at what he did last huh. week in the Palmetto Championship. Garrick Higo has won four times in nine months, three on the European Tour and now on the PGA Tour. Does Garrick Higo go out and win the U.S. Open? Not a chance. Uh, but for him, to, he's proven he can play well anywhere he goes. So why not Garrett Kago? The guy's riding high. He's starting to believe in himself. And who knows? Garrett Kago might surprise some people this week again as well. You know, I love that. I did put a little sprinkle on Cam Smith to be top rest of the world of the non-Americans and Europeans. Uh, and man, you look at the top of that list. I mean, you'd have to go all the way down to Hideki, who I think is 49 to one for the first non-American or European mm -hmm. in, in the mix. And he goes interesting. I mean, you know, a couple of weeks ago, the thought of him being in the mix at the numbers, we would have never seen it. But I mean, you sort of laid it out. I mean, all the guys done is one overseas and he comes over here. And what was this? His second PGA Tour start and he's got a trophy? Yeah, I think what happened with, I don't want to call it the disrespect, but why he was flying under everyone's radar so much is because of travel restrictions in the world. 
the European tour has been a watered down version of what it normally is because most of the best European tour players in the world have not been really playing the European tour during this pandemic. Most of them have been on this side of the pond, playing the PGA tour, getting ready for majors, world golf championships, and not dealing with the travel, the quarantines, the different rules of going back and forth. So the European tour has been a watered down version of it of itself. So when uh, Garrett Higo has three wins on that tour, I don't think it garnered a bunch of respect or attention. Uh, and I think we were wrong, obviously. I think maybe it's a stronger tour than we give it credit for, even when the big names are over here. And I think his win last week at the Palmetto Championship with you know Dustin Johnson in the field, Brooks Kepka in the field, uh, Tyrrell Hatton finishing second. I think that win gives a lot of credibility to those three other wins that we overlooked previously. Z, this was so awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. Cannot wait for the tournament. We'll look forward to you and Bob with all the great coverage you've got coming up on TSN. And uh, hopefully we can catch up later on this season. Enjoy the U.S. Open, my friend. 100%. Love it. 13 hours of coverage on uh, Thursday. So watch the bear sores. The bed yeah. sores. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, we'll have that cold little brown jug and a tea time waiting for you the next time you can uh, make it up to Southern Manitoba, pal. Awesome. There he is, Mark Zacchino. Give him a follow on Twitter if you aren't already at Z-Man Golf. And uh, yeah, uh, the boys at TSN are going to be ready to go at 13 hours of live coverage. It's going to be incredible. This is the best test in golf. Um, and I do believe Remus threw up into the um, into the chat a link if you want to get into uh, the DraftKings pool. If you haven't played already, get in on just a $3 contest, but it's a lot of fun to follow your guys throughout the first couple days. Hopefully they make the cut and see what's cooking a little bit later on. All right. We have some funny stuff coming up, so don't go anywhere. Uh, do want to thank Boston pizza for their support of Winnipeg sports talk daily from day one, Boston pizza. We're not able to get in there yet, but the, uh, the light is getting brighter folks. And we will be scaring schooners in the Boston pizza lounge sooner than we know it. In the meantime, though, you can support BP and the other restaurants in the city of Winnipeg and Manitoba by ordering takeout and delivery. And uh, I think everyone knows that uh, the BP delivery is elite. May we suggest the game day meal, the two large specialty pizzas, the 24 case of wings, or maybe the pizza flights, which has quickly become one of my favorites. Although I still do like to go back to the Boston Brute every now and then for an old favorite. BostonPizza.com. All your ordering and specials are there for you online. You can do it right off the computer or your tablet or simply call your local Boston Pizza and they'll get you set up and have it hot and fast to your door. And of course, Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge will be getting out there later on this summer. If you're looking for incredible world-class fly-in fishing trip in Manitoba with no quarantine or anything like that, Aikens Lake is the place for you. Normally, they are packed with American tourists all summer. Obviously, with the border, that's not the case right now. So as they get reopened, there is still availability. Akinslake.com or hit Pit to Rent up on Twitter at Aikens Lake. And tonight, Assiniboia Downs. Live racing is back. We will get to our selections in a moment uh, with Michael Remus. But I can tell you that um, the, the, the fields are huge today when we were going through making our picks so um, if you like to get in on the triactors and whatnot, great day to do that at Assiniboia Downs. Get your account going at hpibet.com. You can bet and watch on all the races from the track, 
Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at Assiniboia Downs and around the world and around the clock seven days a week. HPIbet.com. We'll get to our picks a little bit later on as well as our odds for Cool Bet. Let's get Remus back in here. Uh, Remo, that was amazing stuff for Mark Zucchino. I think we all know that um, I love talking golf, especially around the majors. And uh, Z is just, I mean, he no surprise why he's been such a rising star in golf media, you know, working with PGA Tour Radio and all the other things he's doing with TSN because there's few people that can bring the energy and the knowledge that Z did to Winnipeg Sports Talk a little earlier. Yes, I agree, Hus. We've had Mark Zucchino on uh, for a number of years, and he gets excited about golf, and he gets me uh, more interested in golf from chatting with him. So uh, I'm going to have to rewatch that, and I wasn't really taking notes on some of his picks. Cameron Smith might make his way into his DraftKings lineup because I do remember at the Masters, we said to him, okay, who are your off-the-radar picks? He said, Will Zalatoris, who will finish like top two, and he was you know very uh, low salary on DraftKings. And there was one other player who I think was top 10 also. Um, oh, it was Bzadenhut, who I think was uh, was up there as well. Yeah, so, yes, yes, Christian Bzadenhut, that's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, he knows he knows his stuff. Mm. So uh, I always like chatting with Mark. Very nice of him. I thought he was going to be in his car, but he was at his uh, magnificent chair that he's done the show on from before. Oh, Z's got a great setup there. And uh, man, it would be awesome to get around with him. He did get the Albatross last year. The Albatross, as you all know, is without a doubt the uh, the most elusive prize in the world of golf. Um, so anyways, great to have Mark with us. Listen, while we're doing that, we were just talking odds. Let's get to the cool bet lines for today. Uh, tonight, we've got one game in the National Hockey League. It's the Islanders and the Lightning game two. Islanders plus 160, Lightning minus 189. What's interesting about this is if you are still high on the Lightning to get to the Stanley Cup and win the Stanley Cup, the Lightning are only minus 103 on the series right now. Now, listen, they lose tonight. and They're down 2 nothing going to New York. It's probably, oh, it will be a bad situation for Tampa. Um, but if you think that it was just one win, no big deal. Uh, the odds just absolutely crater. They were about a 280 favorite going into the series. So minus 103 right now. Tampa, tomorrow night for game two. Habs plus 205 and Vegas minus 250. And we won't go into all the U.S. Open numbers, but as I mentioned, we've been talking about them with Z-Man. You can go to coolbet.com, top five, win win odds, top five, top 10, top 20 for all the players. You can bet guys to make the cut. You can bet the top Canadian. It's all there. And if you haven't used CoolBet before, use promo code WST. We get 100% bonus on your first deposit up to two bills. And uh, we'll have a link on that, and I'll put out the tweet a little bit later on at CoolBet.com. And if you're really jonesing for more golf content tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Winnipeg time, uh, live on the CoolBet Canada Twitter feed, YouTube page, Instagram, all the socials. I'll be on with Pat Gregoire, and we'll dive in, make some picks, spend some more time talking U.S. Open. And, of course, we'll have a little bit more for you tomorrow on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. All right, Reem, we do have some stories that we definitely need to get to before the end of the program that I think people are definitely going to enjoy. Um, but do we want to get into, uh, do we want to bang off our race picks right now? And then we'll get to these stories before we're, uh, before we're done. I know you're, you're ready. I need to add one more. So, uh, 
Why don't you be the uh, the first guy to make your selections for today's extravaganza? Sure. Let me uh, bring them up here. I have a Cinnaboy Downs. And there ten are races, lo- by the way, tonight. Ten yeah. races and huge fields, like nine and ten horses a race in many of them. Yeah, so here's my strategy, Hus, to um, I'm going to just bet on the early races, and if I win, I can just take those winnings and put them on the later races, right? Sorry, not if I win, I mean when. I got a really good track record. I've actually been a lot better than, than you. So if you want the winners, uh, I seem to know a thing or two. Remus had a mystery winner, still as like a massive yeah. boost in his account. No idea how it happened, which I would yeah. love to happen to me. I did get a Quinella last night, which yeah. was nice. You I, won, I think I made a little ground up on you last night. You won last night. I did not win. I think I went too off the board, my pick. So my first pick, this is HPI bet where you place them in. I'm getting pretty good at navigating the site now. First pick, race one. I've got a $5 Quinella, one and four, Wits Gato and Bella Galena. Hope I'm saying that correctly. This is a five horse race. So you got a Quinell. Maybe you got some decent odds there. Um, race. So next one, I'm going to race three. Let me see. Race three. I don't want people to see how much money I have in my account here, but I've hidden it. Race big stacks three. for Remus. Yeah, big stacks. Race three. I'm going hard on this one. First bet an exacta horse two and then horse one. That's Melisandra and Fox Appeal. They have to finish two and then one in that order. And also a triactor. Um, so I have two, one, and then three. So Melisandra, Fox Appeal, and Fire on Command. So I got two $5 uh, bets finishing exactly in that order. Two, one, and then two, one, three. That's a veteran bet right there. That's an experienced <laughs> horse handicapper. I'm learning. And then race five at 930. Uh, I am on horse six in the deep to show. Uh, that's what I am on. So there, those are my bets. Interesting. Okay, I'm going to rattle these off quickly. I won't bother getting into the names of the horses because we've got such a big card tonight with so many options. As I said, I need to do a little more swinging for the fences here for a big one to make up a little bit of this ground on Remus. So we're going to hit a couple triactor boxes today. We're going to go in race two. We're going to horse three, eight, and five. Um, we'll box those on the one dollar. It's a six dollar bet. If those three, okay. eight, or five come in any order, horse. We've got wait, race two, race two. I don't have a. I only have six horses in this race, according to Ooh. HBI. Okay, you looking well, at the right maybe. one? Let me just go back through. I see a Cinnaboy Downs in the chat. What up? They got a great YouTube uh, channel too. So, yes, they do. And we've in. been watching the races and chatting with everybody on those. Um, Okay, well, in race three, sorry, race three, I'm going to take number five to win. That's K's Shadow. Uh, in number or number race number six, I think your your things are wrong. I'm on June 15th, right? I'm not sure because I'm I'm going on the races you're saying and. Uh... I've got, yes, well, there's no way I've got an eight for race two. Let me see if race five is... Because uh, is, you uh, said K's shadow. I don't see I don't see that one on there. Uh, okay, sorry. Race five, I've mm-hmm. got four, six, and ten. And we're putting that on, on the triactor wheel. Okay. <laughs> uh, for, for race six, I've got a three, five Quinella, Midnight Miracle and Magic Wanda. You're you're and looking then, at the wrong the wrong day, Huss. I'm gonna be uh, straight with you here. I'm not gonna. What do you mean? All right. Well, listen, folks. Uh, is, this is June fifteenth, right? 
I have it up here. You're listing names that aren't in, in oh, these Oh, you know races. what it is? <laughs> I'm betting Woodbine. Yeah, you really would buy. Okay, yeah, that's what I. That's what I thought. Okay, well, listen, I'm gonna need to. I'll maybe do a tweet about my picks. I won't waste everyone's time live on the show or the podcast. I went through all that, so maybe that's why I was thinking. Wow, there's all these like ten horse races. Well, many of them were coming uh, things. So I will. I will hold my bets. I will be putting twenty down on the races tonight, and maybe I'll do a tweet little about that. But Remus has the lead. I hit a quid last yeah. night for sixteen, which that's was why nice. Pr- that's probably why I'm beating you because I'm betting on the correct track. Well, yeah, that could be. <laughs> that, that could be. And uh, by the way, high five carryover tonight. 8,500 and the pick fives over 77k. Um, so go to Assiniboia Downs, you can learn about all the different bets. HPI does a great job of that as well. And uh, and as I said, Assiniboia Downs is with us in the chat. Get on there 645 every day of live racing is ASD Live. Kirk Marshall Stretch will give you all the ins and outs on who you might want to support at the uh with your with your toonie and uh hopefully give you some winners great stuff at assiniboia downs website again asdowns.com or you can see them with us in the chat get in on their youtube and uh, you can watch everything there as well all right reem we've got some amazing amazing these are like real old school warm-up style stories today well we gotta start start with the first one that we didn't even hit off the top of the show. You tweeted oh. about this morning. <laughs> yes, I guess we got a little busy. There's we a got new a little, name there's, for the yeah. downtown arena. <laughs> yeah, so here, here. I'll, uh, we can have some fun here. There we are. There we are. So big news by Canada Life. Today marks an exciting moment for Canada Life. We're announcing a big, bold new sponsorship. Effective July 1st, the home of the NHL Jets and Manitoba Moose will rename the Canada Life Center. Hashtag my Canada life. Well, I will tell you effective immediately on Winnipeg sports talk daily. We'll be referring to the building as the Canada life center. I don't think there's anything happening there beforehand, but anyways, good to see a Winnipeg company getting on board. And uh, I don't even remember what it was called before, but uh, anyways, I'm pretty sure this is a much nicer name. Yeah. I'm pretty happy that, um, that you know, True North now has that financial stability with this uh, new agreement. Um, I don't know what happened with the previous sponsor, but they got. A, I don't. It doesn't matter. They got a new one. I don't know who it was. I, yeah, I don't remember. And I wonder if the uh, helmet ads are going to change. I didn't really care about helmet ads, but uh, I know, think they are not changing. Unfortunately. Oh, they're so not changing. Uh, okay. Are they going to have? Is, but are again, they going to have those? We, we don't care. Yeah, apparently, I think they're. I think that was the other. So they have got some sort of a new deal with the telecom company. Again, not familiar with them at all. Um, so we we've got the uh, we've got the new name for the building. That's great. We we've got a couple things now. Let's get to this. There are a few things we like better than steroid excuses on this program. Oh, and we yeah. played Garrett Cole last week, who had to answer the question if he's ever asked spider tack and failed miserably. Um, well, this is incredible. U.S. runner. Uh, the American record holder in the 1,500 and 5,000 meters, Shelby Houlihan, has been banned for four years for a positive test. Now, you know, like many athletes, they wonder how in this world did this happen? Well, they have concluded that it was a tainted pork burrito as the reason. And I did see a couple people saying some tainted meat has uh, taken down a few athletes. No idea how truthful the tainted pork burrito excuse is, 
but I'm fully here for it right now. And uh, unfortunately, in reality, if that is the case, she's probably missing out on her Olympic dream because of a, um, you know, ordering a burrito from the wrong spot. And hey, we've all had a bad burrito and seen, you know, bad after effects of that, but it usually doesn't include a four year ban. Oh, man. Yeah, that's the tainted pork burrito. That's a good one. I'm here for steroid excuses. No athlete has ever done it knowingly. Uh, we, we love a good excuse, but a tainted pork. I don't know. Like what place you think if this place was serving tainted pork burritos, they would be investigated by what the FDA, right? Are they going to open in some type of investigation here? So at a certain point, I think you have to prove that it was a tainted pork burrito. So um, I'm, I'm a big pork burrito guy. So I, I hope that there's no issue with those going forward. I mean, They've probably, there's been pork burrito powered Olympic champions for years. We can't take those off the training tables of all these elite athletes. Um, and of course, hey, Bob Baffert's still getting suspended. He's challenging a whole bunch of things, but it does remind me, and Dan, let's put this one out when we were talking about the tainted pork burrito. Of course, Baffert, after the horse, the Kentucky Derby tested positive, it did say that the test issue was created by a groom urinating in the stall after the groom had been taking cough medicine and the horse ate some of the hay. That's still the most elite excuse for a PED positive without a doubt this season. Yeah. And I mean, again, everyone denies it. I remember like Ryan Braun, just like blaming the test technician, like, so just like aggressively. I mean, you know, you go banned for four years, just own up to it. So is someone ever going to own up to it and be like, you know what? I want to get an advantage. I thought I could beat them. Uh, too bad. Uh, I, I guess I got caught. Will anyone ever do that? <laughs> Bravo, Brian. I believe Tainted Pork Burrito is running a race at Woodbine yeah. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty awesome. Awesome name. Oh, that is right. So anyways, we'll uh, we'll keep you up to date on the best steroid excuses in the world of sports here on a daily basis here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. But Riomo, before we go, we need to give a big, uh, a, a bit of a boost to one of our own, a Winnipeg Sports Talk regular. You see him in the chat. Sean Lishka, the infamous Gitch Lishka, who is a good friend. And um, Gitch is right now not only in the running, but I believe leading this incredible comp- competition run by Steinbach Online for <laughs> Steinbach's Manliest Man. Here's the tweet. If you're with us on YouTube, you can see Gitch's tweet and give a follow at Gitch Lishka. Please click the link below and vote for me as Steinbach's manliest man. Scroll down to Sean L. And then in brackets, probably the least manly photo of me. I need all the support I can get. Voting is open until the 18th. Spread the word. Remo, is there any way you could possibly click on that link and roll down so people can see the picture? If you're listening to this on the podcast, um, you're going to definitely need to go to Steinbach online the manliest man and go down and select Sean L. Yes. There's another Sean trying to, uh, trying yeah. to ride off Gitch's, uh, Gitch's, uh, popularity. <laughs> I but can't actually, believe this is a thing. Is this, this is politically thing. correct this is, this is, in 2021? Can you say manliest man? 
I might just I mean, be jealous. I guess you can. It, like it, I don't it, think it, I like I don't think I would be eligible for this as manly as <laughs> You know, if only you lived in Steinbeck. Now they've got some neat prizes, but this is more about the glory and the title of being oh, Steinbach's manliest guy. man. Very, <laughs> now, look at him, he's chopping bro, there's wood. There's all sorts of pictures of dudes chopping wood, fishing pictures, well, this guy's got a wearing race car. overalls, being uh being a being girl dad. Um, there's all sorts of, <laughs> you know, hilarious ones. It's just guys oh, doing their things. Mowing the lawn with his What, what I want to know is how many of these people nominated themselves? Like, yeah, man, I want, I want to be up for Steinbach's manliest man. Or was it like their wives or girlfriends that are trying yeah. to stroke them there's, a little bit? There's too Anyways, many. We, gotta find Sean. we can go through all of these. Let's get down to Sean. Sean L. Here we have it, folks. Yeah. Give him, give him the vote. That's him. No shirt. Short shorts, the yellow motorcycle helmet, and the red bandana. Almost a signature look of our pal, the Gitch. So, uh, yes, Sean Lishka, and then you got to click vote at the end. They'll make sure you're not a robot, and I believe you can do that once every hour. Now, I did vote earlier on, and then we went back in and saw it, and uh, the Gitch is in first right now. So let's uh, let's give that Winnipeg Sports Talk rub and make the gitch Steinbach's manliest man. Uh, <laughs> Sean said the womanliest woman was not allowed. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. The real man's man. Remember Stephen Regal of wrestling back in the day? Yes. He came out first. Like he was the man's man or the manliest man. Now that crown may in fact be taken, at least in Steinbach, Manitoba by Sean. And Sean, you know, being a great public servant, I think he's only doing this to win the title of manliest man and all the publicity and notoriety that goes on it and use his title for good to try and get more people in Southern Manitoba to go get their vaccinations and get us out of the pandemic. This is the way out people. This is the way out. <laughs> what a contest. Uh, manly, manliest man. I can't believe uh, that's a thing. Um, did you want to get to, um, you know, retired NHL tough guys? Uh, oh! trying to fight each not, other how can we absolutely not do that so yeah get this video ready so this came across on twitter yesterday uh very much unexpected and um, we've seen matthew barnaby he does a few uh, betting stuff with the bet 99 guys kind of just goes out and does picks made a lot of money during his uh his career i think he's sort of trying to get out there be more of a um you know old hockey i don't know everyone's envious of like the chicklets guys so i think he sort of wants to get into something like that but, um, you know, he did find a great way to maybe, you know, get people's opinion of him to change or at least get people on Barnaby's side. And the best way to do that is pit yourself against noted rat, former NHL pest, Sean Avery. So, um, so this was a video. We saw it on Twitter yesterday. Essentially, Matthew Barnaby getting into the celebrity boxing craze with a challenge to Sean Avery. Remo, play it. Hi guys, I am getting asked a lot in the last few days, are you gonna fight Sean Avery in rough and rowdy? I will, I'm in. I'm a little older than him. He's probably in better shape. Never had as many games as I played. Not as many points, not as many penalty minutes. Didn't fight the guys that I fought, but I'm in, he's younger. So I'm going to have to do a little bit of training, but I'm up for the challenge. Sean, are you? Or are you going to duck again? You ducked me your whole career. 
here's your chance. You're younger. Come get it. Barstool fans, will you pay to see me beat the shit out of Sean Avery? <laughs> we know he's not going to win the war words. It's not going to use sloppy seconds on me. I can guarantee that because <laughs> do I got to say mammo? Big boy, Sean Avery. Sign on the dotted line. Let's go. Will you pay to see me, guys? Beat the shit. <laughs> Ball's in his court. I'm in. Let's go. Okay. Yeah. That was an incredible promo. I have to say, an incredible promo. And listen, that's getting some run online and everyone's talking about it. So, of course, Sean Avery had a response. And let me just read this one out to you, folks. Sean Avery quote tweeted Barnaby and that video you just saw or heard with this. You desperate ankle biter. Nice framed stat sheet hanging in your home office. Was that from the game that you played eight minutes? I'm a little busy, but let me know the next time you're in Cali and I will take some time to shit kick you in my driveway on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) You know, man, this whole I'll say one thing about the Paul brothers who I didn't know much about, but all this business of this celebrity boxing and the YouTube and the TikTok. And the amount of attention it's getting and the amount of people that are buying it, this is a growth industry right now. If you could buy stock in celebrity boxing, I would do that right now. And I'll tell you what, whether it happens with Barnaby and Avery or other ex-players, there are a lot of guys with a lot of time on their hands after they play. I know we all remember that ill-fated battle of the enforcers years ago that Beef and Brandon put out, out in Prince George. Um, but I honestly think that we will be seeing more of this stuff going forward. And let's be honest, Reem, I'll ask you, if there was a pay-per-view featuring Avery and Barnaby on Saturday night, would you be watching it? Yes. I'll bet the answer is yes. Yes. <laughs> I'll well, bet the answer is yes. The one thing that's been so well done with these celebrity boxing is the broadcasts are incredible. Like if Mario Lopez is hosting and they got Snoop Dogg commentating, maybe throwing Pete Davidson, I am in. So uh, I'm here for uh, retired NHL tough guys talking trash and posting it on social media. This is what social media is made for. That's as far as I know. Give these guys a platform. Hyping up celebrity fights. Yeah, if they want to get in the ring, maybe someone will. So if they're going to chirp for entertainment, I mean, that Barbie video got 253,000 views. So. Oh, and it's and it's just going up. It'll probably be at 500k by tomorrow. We'll check in on that, seeing how much and if there's anything more yeah. on that. But um, maybe we'll nominate some uh, oh. some other individuals to to get in the uh, some. We'll maybe we'll do matchmaking, celebrity matchmaking at some point here on Winnipeg Sports Talk when we have a little bit more time as we get into the summer. Who uh, someone Remus mute button in chat says uh, read Barnaby's response to Avery. I I didn't see it so. Let's oh, here. He posted here. the video here. Oh, yeah. It was my 100th goal puck. You never got to that number. I'll beat the S out of you in any place. Keep hiding. So we'll see. Oh, and then someone, oh, about two responses below. Someone tweeted out Barnaby's mugshot, which is an all-timer remote. You might have to pull that one up. It's it's the one from Rink Rat Report, right below Barnaby. It goes Barnaby, then a uh, Providence Bruins, and then the Rink Bat Report with the the, the reply to Avery. You see this? Uh, I can't see it. I can't see it. For some reason, not showing up for me. 
I don't have an answer. This. I'll fire but, this over to you. But yeah, DM. Barnaby we'll definitely see this on our way out. He definitely had some. Program. Oh, you just DM'd it to me. He definitely had some uh, legal troubles before. Oh man, this is here. I'll bring it up right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A- A- ASD Live has. Yeah, there it is. That's. I mean, that's a pretty wild mugshot. That's Who are we kidding. Here? That's pretty wild. But he's. <laughs> I think he talked about um, his sobriety. And he was one of the few former NHLers to say the Shifley deserved a suspension. I know Sean Avery thought it was a clean hit. Let's go Avery! So Team did, Avery! So did Jeremy Roenick. <laughs> thought it was a clean hit. I know some other guys did tweeted it out as well. Um, with Commodore, I'm pretty sure. And it's, it's funny, you yeah. know, now that, that after that suspension, you know, every hit that happens in the NHL, you're looking at it and you're like, that should be four games. And um, last night, who was a Max Pacioretty did this someone they call it a reverse hit on Sherrod. Your favorite. Your favorite. And I think look, I think he caught Sherrod with an elbow in the head. You saw his helmet almost pop off. It's a guy who didn't have the puck hitting another guy who doesn't have the puck. I'm pretty sure that's interference. The refs didn't see it that way. And everyone's saying, Oh, this Forsberg did it all the time. I'm pretty sure Forsberg would carry the puck down the wing and guys would try to hit him and they would bounce off. You saw Neil Pionk step up on Dreisidel in game one. Or not game one, the first round series, Jets and Oilers, and Drysaddle ran over a Pionk. That is a reverse hit. Hitting a guy <laughs> when you don't have the puck and catching him off guard yeah. in the head with an elbow, that is not a reverse hit. That's it. Tr- trust me on this one, folks. And yeah. this goes back to the Shifley suspension being more about the result. If, uh, if um, what's his name, goes down and Jake is taken Evans. off on a stretcher, no, last night, the oh, Patch uh, from the yeah. Patch Ready. Sherrod. Uh, um, yeah, Ben Sherrod does that. Um, you know, we're having the same conversation about Shifley and it's going to player safety and he's getting a bunch of games. So, I mean, unfortunately, that's the way things are. Um, that's the way things are uh, adjudicated right now in the National Hockey League. And, uh, you know, Mark Shifley, the Jets got sort of the short end of the straw on that. But you'll hope that things will move forward in a in a more positive fashion. Man, what a great show today. Um, this was fun. Z-Man was amazing. Great to have Kevin O on the program We've got lots more coming up this week. We'll get Weeb on a little bit later on. Toast coming up on Friday. Uh, and we'll have plenty more on the U.S. Open tomorrow. Last show before tee-off on Thursday. Do want to thank Kevin for joining us. Big thanks to Mark Zacchino. Everyone that's been with us in the chat today. Great stuff. Credit to Michael Remus. Killed it today. Um, we were we were absolutely ready to go today. Everything worked perfectly. It sounded good. Looked good. That's the way we like it. Big thanks to Not Autocorp, Royal Sports, Nick and Nikki DQ, Breezy Bend Country Club, Boston Pizza, Aikens Lake, Assiniboia Downs, Coolbet Canada, and of course, PolicyMe.com. If you get to PolicyMe, fill it out. Simple, easy, fast. Let them know you found out about it when they ask you via the podcast. All right. Um, we got a great soccer game going on. I'm going to check the second half. France up one nothing on Germany. For those of you watching live on YouTube, Otherwise, you can check the replay a little bit later on. Tomorrow, more on the Bombers, more on the Stanley Cup playoffs, and, of course, more on the U.S. Open. Uh, and get in that uh, um, Winnipeg Sports Talk DraftKings pool if you haven't already. Check my Twitter a little later on. If you haven't gotten in, I'll send out a link. For Michael Remus, I'm Andrew Patterson. Thanks for being with us today. We'll see you tomorrow on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Have a great day. Oh, my God. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. 
Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com. Winnipeg Sports Talk.